Shall I recall the candidates? Australia, Japan, Korea, Qatar, United States of America. The winner to organize the 222 FIFA World Cup is Qatar. <laughs> strike while the iron is hot? Of course you do. That's exactly what my friend Oida did when she found out the World Cup was being held in Qatar. I mean the World Cup is basically the Super Bowl of soccer. It's basically the biggest sporting event on earth. People from all over the globe flock to wherever the event is being held just to be a part of the action. And when you have a chance to get your brand out there and attract new customers from all over the world, you don't just sit in the sidelines. Oida knew this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and she wasn't going to miss out. Okay, so the last time, well, after we talked our last time, you had a, a quite significant, let's say, business opportunity come up for you. So would you like to elaborate on that? Okay, so after we talked, uh, we were in preparations for the World Cup 2022, the football World Cup that was happening here in Qatar. And we were having this tremendous opportunity of representing um, the kombucha and water kefir world in that one because we were the only ones in the whole event. So, yeah, that happened. Well, first and foremost, congratulations. Thank you. So kind of describe a bit the significance of the World Cup. The World Cup is one of the biggest events in the whole world. It's like... I don't know how many fans they move around the world to go, like in numbers, I really don't know, but like a lot of people, they do it, like millions. And uh, in Latin America, for instance, the Brazil, the, not the Brazilians, the Mexicans, the Argentinians, they are so fond of it that they spend four years of their life saving money, selling cars, doing whatever they can in order to save money to go and be a fan of their country in that mega event. So yeah, I don't really know which one is the other one, but there are two in the world that they are like huge, massive, the mega events. So this is one of those. So like, when did you find out that, that Doha was going to be hosting the World Cup? Oh, that was in, I think the bidding was in 2012 when we knew that it was going to happen here. It was going to be hosted by Qatar, yeah. So, like, at, like at what point did you think, like, okay, this could be a, a good business opportunity for me? I always had my eyes on it ever since uh, we set up this company. But it became real, real, like, six months before. And, I mean, real, real six months before, however... A year before, I was setting up everything as of everything we need to make a brewery, big one, 
and like to be able to make all those amount of liters that we were gonna need for the workup. But like that was the plan a year before. Then six months before it was like okay it's happening. And then it was three months before that we signed contracts and things and yeah. So you say you were working on this a year, but within that year time you wasn't necessarily sure that it was going to happen. So in a sense you were kind of planning on a risk. Yeah, yeah. I never saw it like that, but yeah. So you uh now I don't really know what type of um beverages that would necessarily normally sell at at the World Cup. So I'm guessing somewhat like foot like the NFL is here. Where it's like beer, soda, very unhealthy options. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Is that is it kind of the same for? I know at one point, I it's think, the same everywhere. It's like the biggest sellers are beer, and the biggest sponsor is I cannot say the brand, but it's the red one with the liquid in black and with bubbles. I think it was one that was because I know in Doha they don't you don't do um, beer. There's there's no beer. We in don't Doha. Do beer. Yeah, I mean so. they they okay. Let me put it clear. There was alcohol not in the stadiums. It there was alcohol in hotels. And, yeah, in hotels basically because this is a country that is a dry country, so you only can find it at five stars hotel. But there was alcohol. At the beginning, they were gonna have actually they had beer, but zero alcohol by I think Botbaisa in the stadiums, and yeah, that's about it. Because I think there was there was a mention here that they had somewhat made a deal with Doha to sell beer there, but yeah. it it then got canceled. I wasn't necessarily sure, but they had like thousands of gallons of beer that they couldn't use. Only in the stadiums. But they had fan zones. And in the fan zones, they could sell all the beer and wine that they wanted. Now, But it was only in the stadiums. Like, it happened also in Russia. In Russia 2018, they also canceled alcohol in the stadiums. But they had alcohol everywhere else. So it's not something that for the first time it happened here or something. No, not really. Oh, okay. And I'm actually... They rated it as the safest World Cup ever because there were no episodes of violence. Women were feeling safe to go whatever they wanted with shorts or not shorts. Like it was fine. And I think it's all due to the alcohol that the less alcohol, the more conscious people are. And then they kind of avoid these episodes of violence. They don't like go into their worst impulses. Mm. Yeah, it's also why I don't go to um, football games here. <laughs> yeah, I've never but, been to. I mean, here only. But before mm. here, I, I had never been to another event of soccer or or even baseball because in Venezuela they play baseball. But my mom, she never allowed me to go, so I never went. Yeah, it was like, no, that's not a place for a lady and blah, 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 and it's not safe. And then nowadays I really am thankful because of that, because I never saw how violent and how weird things can get inside a stadium. And in here, 
uh, we went to a couple or maybe more than a couple of uh, the matches and it was fantastic so you did <laughs> get so you did get to exp- out of everything that you were doing you did get a chance to experience that yeah yeah and uh, we went also to a couple of concerts and yeah we tried i mean our goal was like my brother and me it was to attend at least to one concert every week or every two days or like you know the major events because they had like um they had concerts they had something called activations and it was like events everywhere like even djs and small things happening around the city and uh there were so many things going on so i said okay all this and work I see why when I talked to you shortly afterwards, you were tired. You had, you had used <laughs> all your you, energy. I need to sleep 16 hours. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. I, I completely understand that way more <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. You you burnt that candle on both ends. Because this is a country that is so quiet all the time that we don't really get to have all these events happening at the same time. So it was like, okay, so today is David Guetta in this part. Okay, fine. You know that Qatar is very small and Doha is even smaller. So it's like within 30 minutes, you move around the city. It was like, okay, David Guetta is at this time in this place. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's go. Okay, and then by this time, Fulano, whoever else is in another (laughs) point of the city. Okay, let's go. Like, you know, so... And then the match is going to be at this time. So we have booked this place for the... Okay, let's go, let's go. Like, yeah. That's a a lot of hustling and bustling. Yeah. And it was like... It was funny because the fans, they came here and they were obviously on vacation. But for us, it was different because we had to manage the time to sleep, the time to work, and the time to enjoy. Because the vibe in here was just insane i mean insane in the good words it was like people everywhere and like party on the street like nice like it was parades and things on the street and wow now is there anything in your lifetime that you can invent that was even close to that um no (laughs) not even in the ballpark no. <laughs> so, so, well, well, congratulations once again. So, once you. you like the the year you had prepared, did you make like an outline for this? So, what what was kind of your plan? Mm, I I didn't really have a plan as of the event. My plan is as of business in general. And I know that this business is on the bound to success and for such I have prepared, but not really for the event event because I was clear that it was only 20 days. It was not even a month, it was just 20 days and that was it. So like um, maybe a month before I said, okay, guys, let's set up everything. Let's do double and triple what we normally do. And let's have stock, stock, stock. And that's what we did. And when the day came, I was like, I was like, is it enough? Because you always have that question, is it enough for the amount of people that we're expecting? 
and uh, the days were passing and it was like, ah, oh, so yeah, my decisions were correct and we did what we had to do. So it's okay. We just keep on working. So that was basically the preparations to have a stock, a full stock, not full. It was like two or three times more than what we normally have. And yeah, that was it. So let me ask you this. Uh, while during the event, let's say within like maybe the first like six days, y'all had kind of completely ran out of stock. Would you have been able to restock in a manageable time frame? I mean, if we ran out of stock in six days, no. I mean, it was not going to be possible because we did so much. That was the preps. From the 100% that we would make for a month, we did three times more. And then during the time of the World Cup, we were going 100%, 100%, 100%. So it was like neither restaurants, coffee shops, uh, stores in general, nor the activations that we had in Corniche. Corniche is like the marine uh, walk where our kiosks were. Like none of them were out of kombucha or water kefir at no point. It's like I was right before. <laughs> like I was okay on what I had in my head and that was sort of my plan now how did you uh, calculate how much you would end up needing I didn't even calculate it'll be like okay <laughs> if, in a, if in a month we have to produce 1000 liters we have to produce for these 20 days 3000 uh, liters and that's what we did like that was my rough plan because as of setup of the brewery something else we didn't do it for the World Cup it's only quantities what we handle there for the World Cup because everything else is due to the it's just a consequence of the growth that we are having so yeah now, um, now I'm kind of going to like the marketing part of it. So how early before the event did you kind of try to get the word out that you were, that your, your product was going to be out there for the World Cup? Uh, we restarted when I was in the hospital. That was March 2022. So I would say oh, so you day, Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Because you were playing for the World Cup from the hospital bed. Yeah. <laughs> you do not sit still. Yeah. Even when you're supposed to sit still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot sit still. That's not in my nature. Oh, I'm I'm fully aware of that. Yeah. So did um <laughs> did you like um any social media marketing or I don't know if y'all would do po- like any way of kind of letting people know that your product would be out there if they wanted to go out and drink some while there was at the World Cup. Um, it was very simple, actually. We had a couple of interviews with actually with you that one counted also, and a couple of interviews we had for a newspaper, El Navio, 
and uh, everything else was very basic like Instagram web page yeah it was very basic because we work actually mouth to mouth our influencers are our clients our customers that they consume it and then they say "Mm, this is nice this is tasty and it's also something that is good for my body and that's how we go that's very organic it's very basic i would say but as of paying ads and things like that that it's not where we are heading to we want to grow organically that people said authentically that they love it the with with um doha being as small of a town as it is the the mouth to mouth is it more feel more effective in doha yeah and it kind of gives you i guess and give you you trust a friend telling you about something then maybe a newspaper that's or correct the newspaper and actually can kind newspapers of, they don't I don't see people reading newspaper nowadays so so not even up there like I mean it's it's a oh, really? dying medium here as well how is there oh, yeah. oh it's it's uh yeah it's not so good here not but it's so been good, that right? way here for I feel like at bare minimum at least 10 years right yeah I think everywhere else so about also the same because there. of the wastage of paper and all that, people are being more aware of it. So they have turned more into virtual channels, I guess. I don't know. So do you yeah. almost like they have like websites where you have to pay to read yeah, the articles? So- uh, I don't think you have to pay for reading articles and all that. I mean, not. Uh, there are certain magazines that are specialized and then you have to pay in order to read it. But from the rest, I don't think so. Like normal newspapers that they have gone into the virtual world and all that, I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, that here, you, almost all of them, you got to pay now. Because uh, they're, they're still trying to monetize it. So yeah, if uh, Jeff Bezos ain't bought you, you're, you're probably paying for it. Ah. Uh, now... Um, well, that doesn't happen here. It's like um, if there is a news channel, it's actually, ah, I'll give you this example. The okay. World Cup matches, normally in any other country, I think you have to pay in order to watch it on TV. If I'm wrong, just correct me. But in here, they put it free on YouTube. Like, watch it. Yeah, that's about how we are here. Okay. No, in that's here, it was like, it. there is a channel. I think it was Bean Sports. I'm not sure. But I think that's the one. And it was like, okay, people from everywhere, you can just watch it there. So, yeah, that's how it's here. Here is not okay. really much about monetizing and like that. Oh, uh, we're very capitalistic here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... The, like the first day of the event you can't you um did you feel like nervousness at all any bit before. of overwhelming yeah the days before because we didn't know what to expect and everything was like super quiet actually the thing was that um the days before it was like oh my god the city is still the same the city is still the same oh my god oh my god Boom. The day that it began, it was like lots of people. 
the whole stadium full. <laughs> so it went like from zero to a hundred. It was zero to a hundred in one day. It's like it started. So th was it like a? Because again, I've never been to an event like, like that. Was it like a different energy towards the city? There was a different vibe. It was yeah, because it was very lively. Actually, um, we began to experience the World Cup blues once it was done, because it ended on the 18th of uh, December, and on the 18th of December, everything else stopped. All the concerts, all the parades, all the parties, everything stopped that day. So what we lived in those 20 days stopped that day. So it was like... like so did now, it feel like abrupt? I, yeah, it felt like it's over and the people <laughs> is gone. Like, you know, the tourists, oh my God. It was like the first drama was when Mexico lost we loved the Mexican fans they were so lively they were like in so funny like super cute like they would use costumes and they would go around the city and they would make jokes and they would uh, be on TikTok like they were amazing they were a whole vibe then the second drama was when Saudi was out we were like no Saudi's <laughs> Like, I wouldn't expect, I thought they were less funny than what they actually are, but they are actually a vibe, a whole vibe. And they were also in TikTok and, you know, recording TikToks here and there and making fun of everything and Now, being the like guy super who did cheerful. The, the guy who did the words yeah, mixing, was he Saudi? When, yeah, he was Saudi, yeah. Uh oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. And the even me, we would go out. And I would see the guys with the flags because mostly were guys, and I would be like, yes. Messi bueno, Messi bueno, Casarnaeno. It was a whole vibe. And then when everyone left eventually on the 18th, it was like, oh, we're gonna miss you so much. Come back, let's do something else. I don't know, another World Cup, whatever. <laughs> like, because. So there's. there's nothing to prepare you for an energy like that it's just no you just got to jump into it yeah and jump with a with a eye mask jump like blindly <laughs> you know it's like i don't know what's gonna happen but just jump now it is the aspect of not knowing what's going to happen not knowing how it's going to turn out And I would think like maybe as a business owner, they can be exciting and terrifying at the same time. Absolutely. It was exciting and terrifying, especially when I saw the week before that there was no one here. I was like, but they're not supposed to be here already. No, only that people, they don't go to a concert, to a place one week before they come on the day of the concert same happens with the world cup and i was like but the world cup is the whole thing is like 20 days it's like it's a whole trip for everyone like people from around the world they travel for this why they're not here and uh yeah just that day boom 
So you thought it would have been like a gradual that they gradually showing up. Gradual thing, like you know, step by step, one day, two days, like that. No, it was the day. Boom. Now, would you have preferred it that way, or did you like it just wham? Either way, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been the same. <laughs> so yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, like with the World Cup, you've got people from different cultures, different nationalities. You you pretty much have the world in, at your at your disposal. You're, so I mean, do they need like good networking opportunities for you? I don't think the people that they come for uh, World Cup, they are coming on thinking of business. I mean, yeah, some, but not really. Actually, the days. The weeks before, the months before, yes, it was a really great opportunity to talk to other business owners and see what was the strategy and all that. But during the workup, it was the time for fun, playing and fun. That's it. But yeah, the networking was done before. So the, um, you said the months before. So were there like different business owners showing up? There were business, uh, different people from different places that they were coming to set up business for that period of time. Like for the fan zones, like uh, they were, they put like some pop-up restaurants and things like that. And whoever, the organizers for the concerts and all that, yeah. So like about a month, you say maybe six months before, three? Yep. Like three more than six, actually, yeah. So I guess that was the calm before the storm. Yeah, actually, until the day before, it was the calm before the storm. <laughs> Because it was too calm for my taste. <laughs> so, like, how, before it happened, like, how did you imagine it was going to happen before? Before, I thought it was going to be gradual. Like a week before, like two weeks before, one week before, on the day, like you know, it was gonna be like a ladder, but no. That's a. Everything just was said, Here's the, here's the party. Uh huh. We'll be back in 20 days. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun, to the point that after 20 days we were all exhausted. I mean, we as of whoever lives and works here it's like now we did you were see, also mixing the vibes yeah did you think people with more because again when people go to sporting events they're not usually thinking of a healthier drink option did you, and you got again different cultures ethnicities did you did you get a sense of people with more open to try your product then or or there had to be some like convincing Mm, for these type of events, uh, you don't really know, but you have to be there. You have to show up anyways. Um, there are the people that they will only have a sugary soda. And then there are other people that they are more health conscious and they would go for something that is low in sugar, high in benefits. So we encountered everything. And about convincing people, not really, because most of the people, um, the fans that they come from Latin America, from Europe, from America, they already know the product as of 
the as of the definition what's kombucha what's water kefir because it's something that is widely known there so when they come and they see it it's like ah okay cool ah oh and it's the only the only place where we have seen it oh it's the only brand that we have seen it in here like you know oh is it a Qatari product oh cool like mm, interesting interesting we actually we had some fans even for the drink because uh, at some point we put for the two kiosks that we had in Corniche we put only um, kombucha of uh, ginger and kombucha of hibiscus plain so I was like doing trials to see what was the favorite And it'll be like, okay, one day I would leave the cylinder because they had draft, uh, draft kombucha. They didn't have bottles. They didn't have bottles. They had the draft, like, for the beer. Oh, and, oh okay. Uh, yeah, because that's what we do. We do bottles and we do drafts as well. And uh, we, I would leave there, like, only hibiscus. Some people were coming back to that same place for the ginger for the other option and it was like okay we have here the hibiscus one and la 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 the ginger one is exhausted mm, um i like the hibiscus but i like more the ginger when are you gonna have that one so the same people would go on the day the guys that were working there would tell them Okay, on this day, Ginger is going to be here. They even had to take phone numbers like, okay, we're going to text you whenever the Ginger one or the other one is going to be available, like, you know. So we had a couple of fans and they were not uh, from here, huh? They were so fans, you was fans. able to take this event to even kind of get a sense of what flavors would work, would work the best. Yeah. So you was able to get some intel. So kind of give me a sense of what a day was like for you during the World Cup? Be a day. Wake up, have breakfast, go to the gym, go to a facility, have a normal day of work, and then after that, well, during that, plan for the later evening in order to see where we're going, what we're doing. Then go home, try to sleep a few hours, three, four hours, then next day, repeat. So what time were you getting up? By eight or nine. Oh, oh. so usually when I hear like um, people who like own business, they're waking up at like four, five in the morning. It was impossible because everything was uh, shutting down, like all the concerts and everything, they were shutting down by three in the morning. And we were trying to do as much as we could because we're not gonna be able to have those vibes in this city in another event i mean not as the World Cup because it's the mega event so okay. we really tried to do as much as we could now did you have to get like more help than normal for this event did i have to did you, yeah did you have to get any like extra help Ah, but we had it from before, actually, so it's okay. You was manned up and prepared. Yeah, because so. see, um, when it comes to this type of industry, uh, you're expecting growth. And we have been seeing that from the time that we started. And 
slowly but surely it was like one month in one month we hired two people in the other month we hired another one and then in another month we hired another one and like that so would you say the the growth that you were having kind of prepared you for this event a bit not only for the event it's like for the life <laughs> because <laughs> yeah for the event it was only 20 days I knew that what we had to do it was like to work more to have things prepared organized like you know I need this flavor this flavor and this flavor already 1000 bottles each so it was like we only have to prepare for that that's it so if in a normal day they we would work i don't know five hours then we would extend it to eight hours which is actually the normal the no a normal shift of work eight hours yeah so, definitely yeah. is here yeah. so let's say if this event had had came to you all let's say maybe two months after you had started how prepared do you think you would have been then mm, no yeah your eyes are even saying I mean, that. we would have been able to make it but uh, if it were like two months after i started yeah thinking about i was in the hospital and after two months oh, i was yeah. actually when we had the interview that time I was still uh, in wheelchair. You remember? Yeah. Well, I mean, you were sitting. I didn't really see the chair. Yeah, but you I was definitely in were sitting. Because for me, it was like what, at least three or four months in a wheelchair. Yeah. Oh, you'd have been rolling all over the place. See. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have had some strong arms, um, though. Huh? You'd have had some ripped arms the way you'd have been rolling that wheelchair. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> You sure. almost you just be in the gym doing leg days. Uh, Your arms would have been good. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Yeah. Now, like I said, the event, like it's the last day of the event, everything is kind of is wind like I said, it's winding down. Like so how long it took you to kind of recover from that? I think until until twelfth of January. <laughs> it's like I took like you know I took things slowly until 12th of Jan I so, think so the yeah. event was 20 actually, days actually it should be the new year should be illegal to have it on 31st of December it should be in March you know with the spring you know because it's like it's the middle of winter is dark it's still dark. Like now how you know, cold it, does it get it doesn't there? Doesn't really match. Because huh? I mean, you kind of give me the sense it has like a um, music festival vibe as well. And usually those music festivals are in the summer. So I see what you mean by that. Uh, here, summer is fifty degrees. Fifty. Fifty, maybe more. So and it's humid. Your... Very humid. I mean, I mean, it's humid where I am, but I'm guessing y'all's humid's a different kind of humid. Here is, I don't know, maybe it's the same because some, there are a few days, there are like 10 days that it gets, I don't know, 85%, 90. 
percent of humidity in here. Yeah, that, that, that normally could be that's too. like August, September. Yeah. Yeah, that's when the dead animals are roasting. So that was that, that, <laughs> okay. that's, that's us as well. Yeah. So it took you. Now, did you just kind of like rest, or didn't like didn't focus anything on work, or was it slight rest and was still kind of keeping an eye out? It was slight rest, and you know, keeping an eye, like you know, but taking it slow, slower than normal, actually. So yeah. Now, did you think like did you did you almost kind of plan for it before? Like I'm probably going to need some time to recalibrate after this. Yes. Yeah. Even for vacations, you need a vacation. You know. <laughs> It's like you go on vacation, yeah, 10 days, fantastic, whatever you go, I don't know, Bahamas, whatever. And then you come back, and when you come back, you need at least three to four days to recover, you know, all the creams on, a lot of hydration, like, you need a vacation off the vacation. So, yeah. You know, now that you say that, my sister mentioned that to me once, especially, like, after her wedding. Yeah. Wedding, went to a honeymoon. Like you never think you need a, a break from your break. But yeah. it's like that all that adjusting back to work. Because mm. that first day back, you you're not really there. Like it, so it almost no. takes you. I know for me when I take a uh, a vacation from work, it almost takes me to get back in the groove of things, like maybe three days. But you experience a once in a lifetime event, so you definitely need Needed more than that. Now, uh, sidebar, did you have a team that you were rooting for in the World Cup? Uh, just Qatar, I think. No. Whenever Qatar was playing, we were there. Now, would you say you're a little bit more of a fan now after all this? I enjoy. I, you know, I laugh and I cheer and I like, you know, I can do that. Fantastic. I know who Ronaldo is, Messi, this one, la, la, la. All of them, I know. But it's not like I'm a fan. No, not really. Well, not, I guess not a fanatic per se. Yeah, no. So, um, like I've seen it on TV, and you can tell it's like it's a great energy to see on TV. But the, there are certain things that when you go to live, like the TV just doesn't give it justice. Would you say the World Cup or something like that? I think so. Yeah, especially because mm, there was so much criticism before the World Cup started yes. like the whole world were just saying a lot of ugly things about the country and the event and how it was going to be and da, da, da. And they were even predicting that it was going to be the worst uh, World Cup ever um, and then when it started and it went so flawless and at the beginning like I would say the first week the media wouldn't give justice to what was going on. Everything that we were living here as of how fun it was, how safe it was, how beautiful it was. Like, I think maybe on this on the day number 10, we began to hear that the media was saying, okay, this is great. Okay, okay, we have to say good things about this country and these people. So it almost like, felt like they was waiting on something to happen. They were waiting for this to be a failure, but 
we were preparing for 12 years at least for this event. So what could go wrong? Now, and, and I, I think Doha may have been the, the smallest place that they've had the World Cup. I believe, I'm not sure. I think so, yeah. And people, the fanatics that they can that they have been going to different World Cups around the world, they were saying like, oh, it was a shame that they didn't know how this, because they, there was such a bad media out there that they didn't focus on what matters that is that this country is small and the the transport uh, the transportation system is so good and they made it so easy for everyone because buses metro yeah buses and metro were for free so the fans with the higher car that they had they could travel from one side of the country from Al Jora Stadium to Al Sumama Stadium on the other side of uh, the city within 45 minutes or an hour or maybe less they would be there like it was uh, for for these people that they, they, they have been going to these kind of events before they were like it was so easy to move around that they didn't know why they didn't buy more tickets because they could have done it For instance, in Russia, you had to go on an airplane and go to the next city in order to attend a different game. And on the next World Cup, it's going to be the same because it's Mexico, U.S. and Canada. So yeah. they're going to have to have plane tickets to go to one game and then to the other game. And like, you know, because I guess it's not going to be on the same stadium all the time. Like, they're not going to play two games on the same place like you know so they will have yeah. to travel actually and in here they didn't have to they just it was more convenient actually it was super convenient i didn't even think about it. now and it was like there think... were events that there were uh they were for free and there were events that they had like a different rate and like that until whatever high end you could afford and there were everything for everyone huh I, i didn't i didn't because usually when i hear about world cup they're always in bigger cities so do you think that doha may have incidentally set a blueprint for more smaller cities to be considered for the world cup in the future i believe that qatar has set a blueprint in so many ways first of all Because this was the first World Cup ever in which a kombucha and water kefir was present. That's the first. <laughs> That's the first thing, okay? Then um, the second one is that it was the first time to be made in a Arab country. Uh, the third is that, of course, it's the smallest place where they have done this type of events. I don't think there is a smaller country than this one, uh, other than the Vatican. But yeah, they have set a blueprint and a really high-end blueprint because what people lived while they were here, they're not going to leave it anywhere else. Because the amount of security, the amount of benefits that they had 
throughout the whole event they're not gonna witness it anywhere else and i'm sure people who came for this workout they will go for another one in another country and they will say oh i miss qatar and you know these people they were good so yeah now also i, I think this is probably the most like i learned about car guitar from you knowing you out that's how i learned about it um i think the world cup is, and you can probably attest it is better than i can it calls more people worldwide to learn about your country so are you seeing there being maybe some like people returning just to visit or just becoming somewhat of a vacation spot um They they are in the process to make of uh, Qatar a more touristic place. Like um, they are constructing a water park. They are having like more and more attractions. Like every month they are opening more and more. Uh, recently they have received, I think, if it was not one, it was two uh, cruise ships with I don't know how many thousands of people. And like little by little is becoming a touristic place. Um, I don't really know what's the vision, but I think they're on the right path. And I haven't seen as of now, because it's been what, three months after? I haven't yeah. seen people returning, but I'm sure that people who came, they're gonna be most likely coming back either for a vacation or just um, um, a transit, a connection place to go somewhere else and just stay two or three days. And they're gonna stop and stay for those two or three days. Uh, I believe, yeah, most probably that's gonna happen. Now, you know, we're saying like how the World Cup could have been a benefit for the country of guitar. Now, does The World Cup also kind of helped gain more popularity to your business, like giving having people know you, your your business from that's not from Qatar. They may be from America, they may be Canada, uh, some people from Brazil or Europe. Per se, this is more of like it's it's making your brand a little bit more worldwide. Absolutely, there was a considerable amount of exposure there. And that is something that I really love because in, it was not only our people here in Qatar, it was, yeah, everyone else from everywhere else. So there was an important amount of exposure there. In, uh, for instance, uh, a Brazilian, that they are one of those countries that they are really top with kombucha, that they say, oh, I tried this Tierra Viva, in Qatar and it was great it was delicious it was fresh the subtle fantastic like you know it's a big deal so yeah so what people like what um I say what people like people from what countries do you think were a little bit more perceptive of your product than you would have thought to kind of to wrap things up if somebody else was in this position they had a, they had a company and they had it the World Cup was coming to them and they wanted to kind of get advice from you to how to prepare for that event. What would you tell them? I would tell them to just jump into it. If they have the opportunity to be an official product of the World Cup, 
and you are into these type of healthy drinks, just take it. Take it and prepare if what you're doing is, I don't know, I don't know the capacity of whoever, but the capacity that you have now, just make it three times more or even more because in here, because of the conditions, it's a small country and we were expecting less people. But for instance, in US, Mexico and Canada is going to be much more people because you have even much more capacity. So I would say just prepare ahead. If your capacity is, I don't know, 1,000 bottles uh, per week, prepare 5,000 bottles per week and have them in store. Like these products, they last for a year. So just have them there, stuck, begin three or four months before. And yeah, that would be my advice. And of course, I believe when you're in this type of industries is because you already have a connection with your product and you're doing them from heart so believe in it and love it and yeah just jump into it if you have an opportunity like this one just jump into it and take it Team down!